Welcome to the Reproject Podcast channel. Our mission is to rethink, reskill, redesign the future of work for social scientists. So, hi everyone. Welcome to the Reproject special LGBT plus content series in honor of Pride Month in the UK. Though through in-depth conversation with our mentors, we hope to shed some light on the lived experience of LGBT plus individuals working in international development and humanitarian field, as well as learning the exciting ongoing LGBT plus initiatives around the world. So my name is Lucy. I will be the host of today's podcast. And today we have our first guest of the series. Hi, Zach. Welcome. And thank you so much for being here. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> to get started, would you first give us a brief introduction about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Zach Garrett, and I currently work as a communication media support officer for IOM, or International Organization for Migrations, office in Asia and the Pacific, which is the regional office in Bangkok. And that's what I'm doing currently. I'm also the founder of Dreamtree, which is an LGBTQ plus community-based organization in Bangkok as well. And so that's a little bit about me. Well, thank you for that introduction. I understand that you have worked and led many different LGBT plus initiatives throughout your career. So could you tell us a little bit more about the initiatives that you have worked on and why did you start them and how it is now? Well, when I started getting into projects related to LGBTQ plus community and folks, was when I moved to Bangkok. And I moved to Bangkok three years ago. And I studied journalism and broadcasting at Stanford International University. And while I was there, that was my first foray into doing something that was related to LGBTQ. And that was Policy Please, it was called, uh, which was a campaign that we did on campus to try to encourage the administration of our university to enact a anti-sexual harassment and anti-discrimination policy on campus. So we did that for several terms and we got the support of Cindy Bishop, who is a really great advocate for women and LGBTQ folks in Thailand. And she brought her exhibition, which is called Don't Tell Me How to Dress, to the university. And um, we were able to convince the administration by the end of my time at the university to become the first private university in Thailand to actually agree to implement a sexual harassment and anti-discrimination policy, which included anti-LGBTQ discrimination. So that was my first project related to the community. And then when I was done with that, during the time that I was still at university, I started Dreamtree. And Dreamtree was a lot of different things. I mean, we worked with local vendors that were creating like eco-friendly, sustainable products. And then we put like a portion of the proceeds towards building LGBTQ community, like inclusive events in Bangkok. So we did a lot of meetups and fun events like for different holidays. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of that. I mean, we still are active in Bangkok, and I think that it's one of the only communities in the city and in Thailand which is really inclusive of 
LGBTQI plus, like not just gays or lesbians, because we found that it was very insular in Thailand. And, and I think that goes for a lot of the world, like that there were certain cliques and it was hard to get people to talk to each other. So that I was very proud of and uh, happy that it's still going on. And then once I was doing that for a while, I had the opportunity to start with UNIOM and then began the Rainbow Migrants Project, which has started off being a way to shine a light on the unique challenges facing LGBTQI plus migrants in the Asia Pacific region. So we interview those migrants and, and I illustrate the stories and we're able to share it regionally and also globally. And I have plans for the future to try to put some programming in to try to address these specific challenges that are being identified, hopefully by the project and by LGBTQ organizations that are already working with queer migrants. So yeah, those are some of the projects that I have worked on and I'm still working on. Cool, thank you. And we'll have the website link for all of the project in the description of the podcast. So if you're interested, feel free to check it out. So Zach, I know that you have overcame a lot of hardship related to your sexual orientation and identity throughout your life and career. So would you mind sharing with us how is it like navigating your career path as a non-binary individual, especially in the humanitarian field? Yeah, sure. Well, it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it as short as possible. <laughs> so I grew up in a really religious family on a farm and I was homeschooled all the way through. Like I never went to public school. So I was always interested in learning and I tried to do school on my own. And I was always like very curious about the outside world because I didn't have a lot of exposure. And I also knew that I was queer. And so when I was 18, I decided that I was going to not hide who I was and try to make my own path in life. So I just packed my car one night and I left my whole life that I had had for part of my life and went on to the next chapter. And I was homeless for a while and I just had a lot of challenges. And then I was able to go to community college, which I think is a great option for people who their parents aren't going to pay for their college or they don't want to get a bunch of student loans. I think that that is a really good option. And then at community college, I met one of my best friends, Nat, and she is high. And she suggested because she knew that I wanted to finish my degree that I go to Thailand to finish because it was less expensive. And also I could travel and things like that. And to be completely honest, I never thought I was going to leave the US. I never had any aspirations like really of leaving the US or I didn't even think about it. Like I just thought it was beyond life had in store for me basically. But I just thought about it and I was like, well, I don't know, like what's the worst that could happen? I could just get a plane ticket back. <laughs> so I tried and I went there and to Thailand and I started school. And then when I started university, I really think I found my feet a little bit and I got really passionate about different inequalities that I saw because I was hyper aware of them, like going to an international university, there were folks from all over and there, many of them were not very welcoming to LGBTQ folks. And there were not very many openly LGBTQ people on our campus because of that. And I just was 
a little bit pissed off about that <laughs> and that there wasn't any like protections for us and, and for women, especially who were getting sexually harassed. And so that's why I started Policy Police. And then I was lucky enough to have Cindy Bishop bolster that into a bigger thing than me and the other students who were leading that could have. And then, I mean, I never thought about it in linear terms of, oh, this is my career path and this is what I'm going to stick to because my life was way too turbulent for that. I was just trying to figure out how I was going to pay my next bills and keep myself fed. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have any really long-term plan. It's just that when opportunities arose, I tried to be brave and take them, even if I didn't think that I could do it. And there were many times when I started Dreamtree, I didn't know anything about business and I didn't know anything about doing a startup, but I just knew that there was a gap uh, of like not having a really strong community for LGBTQ folks in Bangkok. And then that ended up working. And then when I had the opportunity to start with the UN, I was very apprehensive about that because I didn't think that I could do that either. <laughs> And sometimes I still have really bad imposter syndrome and I feel like, oh my God. It's just that my life has sort of taken me in a lot of different directions. When you're sitting in, in the office in the UN and then you think about your life and like sleeping on a park bench, it's kind of hard to reconcile those two things sometimes. So I guess that's what I would say to other queer people is like you belong in the room. Even if you don't feel like you belong in the room, and even if you don't know what your life path is, just keep telling yourself you belong in the room and be brave and take those opportunities when they come to you because you deserve it as much as anyone else. Thank you. I'm sure a lot of people will be inspired by you. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> um, that's a great segue into my next question, which is based on your experience and observation, what area in humanitarian international development sector do you think has the most room for improvement in terms of LGBT plus inclusion? The organization that I work for now tries their best to be inclusive in many ways. Like they have a lot of trainings about LGBTQ inclusive workplaces. I think that they certainly care about that issue and are just trying to figure out what the best way to support queer folks in there. And I'm not really sure what could be improved because I'm just going off of my own personal experience. But I think one thing is that pulling from a more diverse group of candidates would be very helpful. I think if you go through some of the traditional avenues of recruitment that are used in international development, you miss really talented people, queer folks specifically, because they're just not in those traditional catch nets that often and I think that there could be a lot more mentoring within organizations where they try to mentor younger LGBTQ people. I think that women, when I'm saying women, I'm like meaning cisgender, heterosexual women, they have different networks, like Humanitarian Women's Network is something that I worked for for a little while, um, which is a great organization that tries to like mentor women into positions in humanitarian aid. And I think that something similar to that for LGBTQ folks would at least get us into the eye line of hiring managers at organizations. And then it's up to the organizations to hopefully have the inclusive mindset to hire LGBTQ plus folks. I mean, I'll just be candid, like 
I was a little bit afraid to change my pronouns. I still, to this day, say he, him, and they, them, just because I feel that it's a little bit easier for my coworkers. And it's nothing to do with the organization. It's just my own comfort level with that. But or it has been a process for me of trying to figure out how much you can be yourself in a traditional workplace setting. And that was a really roundabout answer, but I, that's all the things I can think of. Yeah, I think definitely LGBTQ folks face a lot of unique challenges working in international development. I think there is for sure a great need of mentorship and also more visibility, as you said. So with that being said, what kind of advice would you give an LGBT individual who is just starting out or wishes to start their career in this sector? I would say if it's what you're passionate about, and even if you don't think you could do it, but it, you're passionate about it and you're interested in trying it, then you should go for it. And there will be many times that you are the only person in the room like you. Like there will be the many times when you feel you don't fit in and being kind to yourself and taking time to be positively affirming of why you're there and what your mission is, is really important because it is a little bit of a lonely path to take in, in my opinion. And so just find the allies. I think that's very important. Like find the people in your space or your organization, which are really supportive and stay away from the naysayers as much as possible. <laughs> it's, I guess it's similar advice to anyone that I would give, but um, yeah, just try it. Like there's no harm in going for it because the worst that could happen is that you're horrible at it and you, you'll get fired and you'll try something else. It's worth it to try. Yeah, I think that's always a good advice. Because <laughs> um, a lot of time people are prevented by their own concerns. So yeah. being brave and taking that first step is for sure the important part of embarking on a career path like this. I guess I just wanted to add also if it is a toxic environment, don't stay just because you feel like, oh, well, this is a good job. Don't feel like you have to push through to prove a point or something like just be kind to yourself in the process. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that's all the questions that I have on my list. Is there anything else you would like to add to wrap up today's conversation? Any final thoughts? I guess I just want to thank you for, first of all, for um, having this group of sessions, I think, about LGBTQ folks in international development, because I think it is really important. I would love to have a think about an LGBTQ a mentoring group or something like that, because that does seem to be the gap that uh, we have identified. And yeah, for anybody who's listening to this, who's just starting out on their journeys, if there's anything similar to what I've talked about or something completely different, but you still need a little boost of confidence, I would just say you can do it. It's going to be a long road, but if you keep on going, it does get better after a while. And uh, loving yourself and finding the kindness for yourself is the first step to achieving whatever you want to do. So that's what I would say. Cool. Thank you. 
our platform is aiming to be a mentorship community. <laughs> maybe you'll you'll still that. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are definitely looking for different ways to try to fill this diversity and inclusion space in terms of mentorship. So yeah, so super excited for the future. <laughs> and yeah. well, thank you, Zach, so much today for your this very insightful conversation. I'm sure many of our listeners would find your career advice to be very helpful. And very glad to have you as our first guest speaker on this very important but rarely talked about topic of LGBTQ plus inclusion in the international development field. So thank you everyone for listening. And please remember to subscribe to our LinkedIn channel for more updates. Thank you.